and he's like dropping to the floor because you can't explain. And this is why communication is probably our biggest issue. If I could crack the communication, it would be magical because you just can't explain to him and he can't tell me what he's thinking and feeling and I can't tell him like so I end up having to just like drag him off physically drag him and then he's yeah crying welcome to the daily naked pair podcast brought to you by Rocco Blue the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children naked parent nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. On today's show, we'll be discussing special needs parenting. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name's Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. And before I introduce you to our guest today, let me start by sharing the Naked Parent Nation offering. Naked Parent Nation is a worldwide community of parents and professionals raising children with all kinds of needs. We come together to share our naked truths, support our fellow parents, and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and family of our dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. As we come to understand our divine nature, we realize that there's no need to feel sorry for ourselves, be angry, or feel lack. We come to understand that our feelings of limitation and separation are only in our minds. Through self-realization, we expand our consciousness so that the challenges that perplex us today dissipate one by one until we're able to see and experience gratitude and beauty in everything just as it is. We have the power to create any kind of life we want for ourselves and our families. We do this by living in the naked present moment, one day at a time. So if you're ready to take back your life or just continue your journey of awareness and consciousness, then let me welcome you to Naked Parent Nation and the Naked Parent Podcast, which brings us to my favorite part of the show, which is our guest today, Claire Walker. Claire, welcome to the show. Thank you. We're excited to hear your story and your journey, and we appreciate you calling in. Can you tell us where you're calling in from? I'm calling from England, UK, and I'm very excited to be on the show. Yeah. So can you tell us just a little bit about your family makeup, a little bit about who you are and and who you're raising? Okay. uh, Yeah. My name's Claire. I'm um, a single mom um, to a little boy called Ethan. He's nearly six. He was diagnosed with autism a couple of years ago, so it's been a bit of a rocky road for us, but yeah, we're getting there. (laughs) Take his day as it comes. Would you categorize him as high-functioning, low-functioning, or do you not go there? I'm quite happy to use whatever terms people want to use. I'm not funny about terms. I know people get a bit sort of yeah, get a bit antsy about terms, but I'm quite happy with whatever. Ethan, he has speech delay, which makes it quite difficult for him to access the world around him and access other people and communicate with other people. He has a lot of anxiety and he has a lot of kind of social 
difficulties like he doesn't understand how to play with other children he doesn't understand sort of how the world works he doesn't understand that you can't run into traffic yeah that makes it makes it quite difficult for him at the moment yeah bless him at what age did you start recognizing something to be different than what you were planning on seeing we're a bit of a funny story i know everybody's a unique story. I actually worked with special needs children before having my own children. So when I had my own baby, there were things, I I think there were things that I noticed that I kind of like pushed down and maybe ignored a little bit, not ignored, but maybe I kind of told myself that I was seeing things that weren't there. It was a kind of like double negative thing that was going on. I was like, no, it can't be, it can't be. But certainly by about 18 months, I and the rest of the family had started to think there's something going on. It was mainly his speech delay. For us, the speech delay was a kind of blessing in disguise because there was no denying that nearly two years old, he should have been speaking more than he was. And that's what started the whole ball rolling for us, really. We went to the health visitor and she couldn't deny that he should have been talking. So... In a weird way, it was good for us. To get to diagnosis quicker? Is that what you're... It still took us two years, two whole years to get a diagnosis. But I know other parents, certainly here in the UK, that have had a lot of trouble with professionals. So yes, weirdly, the fact that he wasn't talking was good because the the professionals kind of went yes there's definitely something going on his health visitor was kind enough to do his we have this two-year check that we do over here so all children go through a two-year check so she agreed to do that slightly earlier than normal she did that and that obviously threw up some things about his anxiety and his social issues and his sort of speech stuff that we then got progressed to a speech and language therapist and an occupational therapist And then from there, we then got pushed up to a paediatrician. You then had to wait for the paediatrician, but eventually we got to see two paediatricians. And then, yeah, almost exactly two years after we'd started, because it was May when he was four. So he he was just about four. And that's when we got the diagnosis by phone. And I remember the night the paediatrician rang me and was like, I'm going to diagnose. How do you feel about it? I was like, oh, thank goodness. (laughs) What was the hearing the response like? Oh, what, hearing it from her? Yeah. I remember on one of the first uh, meetings with a paediatrician, she said, she turned around to me and she was like, well, so what are your thoughts? Like, if I said autism, how would you feel about it? And I was kind of just relieved because, again, having worked in it, I was kind of relieved to have another person go, yeah, that makes sense. Like, what what you've noticed makes sense. I actually went into the paediatrician's room with like three pages of a4 paper with notes and sort of like like tick boxes he hits this he hits this he hits this so yeah it it was nice to have someone justify what I'd been thinking anyway and then by the time she phoned and officially diagnosed it was such a relief because we'd been looking at like school places we'd been looking at like getting funding for him and getting him support and things like that and you don't get the support unless you've got the diagnosis. So it was really important and a huge relief to have someone go, yes, I'm going to diagnose on paper. I'm going to diagnose because then that, that just opened so many doors after that. Most parents 
seemed to go through a kind of sadness or mourning or depression when mm-hmm. they realize that the life they thought they were going to have with their child or the life that they yeah. thought their child was going to have is maybe going to be different than how they pictured it. Did you go through that process or are you going through that process? I think I'm going through it now, weirdly. (laughs) I think when we were like chasing diagnosis and like, I think when he was still very much a baby, I think maybe it wasn't as pronounced. Maybe the gap between him and his peers wasn't as pronounced. Maybe, I don't know, but he's now in year one of school. So he's been at school for two years now and like the gap between him and his peers is getting bigger all the time. And like, I'm having to think very realistically about alternative education that he might not be able to go to mainstream school. We might have to look at other options. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's kind of hitting me at the moment. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. We'll touch base down the road on that. And, uh... <laughs> Can you tell us the difference between being a mom and being a professional? Is that a very different way of looking at a special needs child or are yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us um, about that? Yeah, it, it's really different. First of all, I felt like a complete fraud because I felt like all the advice I'd given, because I worked in social care, I worked as a sort of family family support worker. And I worked with health visitors. I worked with new mums. And yeah, and then I worked in early years. So with children in nurseries, not to fives. And then I worked with special needs children. And yeah, as soon as I had my own baby, it was like, oh my God, I just, I know nothing. What was I spouting to these people? (laughs) I just felt like a complete fraud. I think when you're raising your own child, there's a lot more emotion attached to it. There's a lot more guilt attached to it because when I was looking after a child, even if I was looking after a child all day, every day, one-to-one, which is what I was doing in my working life, ultimately they could go home to their parents and I, and it was their parents that were responsible for them. But with my own child, like everything that's happening in his life, I feel like I'm responsible for. And I feel like I'm, you know, if things go wrong, if he has a bad day, that's my fault. I'm the only one. (laughs) Um, So yes, it's very, very different to being a professional. Does he have a father in his life? Yes, yes, yes. Dad is um, involved, very much involved. We separated when Ethan was about a year old, but he's very involved now. Um, We see him most weekends. They have a lovely bond now. So yeah, they play games that I don't play. You know, <laughs> there's a, there's a role that a dad has that a mum doesn't. You know, the roughhousing and the sort of very different play. Yeah. So no, yeah, he, he's he yeah. This may be too personal, but was was any <laughs> of the unique needs of your child a factor in problems in your marriage? I think, thankfully. Because it is statistically, it is an issue. I think that there's a, yeah, statistically that the the rates of separation goes up with special needs children, which is quite sad. Um, With us, he was still very young when we separated. So I can't, I honestly don't think it was a huge factor. And actually, if anything, to be honest with you, if anything, raising him as two people that don't live together and, and sort of 
live quite separately, it's kept us bonded, if that makes sense, actually, conversely. Well, it's nice to hear. I mean, that's not always <laughs> the case. So good on you for figuring that out so far. What does a difficult day look like as it relates to the uniqueness of your son? A difficult how, day. How do the challenges that he may face because of some of his unique needs play out on a difficult day just to get a picture? He doesn't understand social boundaries. He doesn't understand safety. He doesn't under, He doesn't have a sense of danger. And he also has like sensory needs. So for example, today I took him to the garden center to have a walk around and he decided it was okay to put his hands in all the fish tanks and like drink the water. And he's like dropping to the floor. So that, that can be difficult because um, yeah. you can't explain. And this, this is why communication is our, probably our biggest issue of all the issues we have it's the communication if i could crack the communication it would be magical because you just can't explain to him and he can't tell me what he's thinking and feeling and i can't tell him like so i end up having to just like drag him off physically drag him and then he's yeah crying so there's, there's me kind of wrestling yeah that part different. for me that part breaks my heart to like <laughs> not know not know how my son's doing not know yeah. if he's okay or happy or sad or yeah. if he hates the TV show he's that I put on for him and he just can't tell me. Yeah. But it's part of the journey. So I wish you the best with that. Being, yeah. a, being a parent is challenging. Being a parent of a special needs child makes it, I believe, extra challenging. Being a single parent mm -hmm. of a special needs child, I think, makes it even extra challenging how do you take care of you and keep waking up every day ready to take on the task of raising your son? Um, I was dreading this question okay. <laughs> because I don't think I'm very good at the self-care stuff. Okay. Um, but I'm aware that I'm not very good at the self-care stuff. So yeah. that's got to be a step in the right direction. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, um, do you have any things that you would like to add for your self? I, I think I think it's important. A friend of mine um, recently said that I have too high an expectation of what a successful day is. He said, like, as long as you get through the day and your child is fed and and happy and goes to sleep in a comfy bed, then you've probably done all right. I'm trying to sort of change my mindset a little bit and think, yeah, we've got through the day and it's enough to get through the day. And it's enough that we're going to bed peaceful and content that we're sleeping through the night because six months ago we weren't sleeping through the night. Me and my son were getting up like four or five times a night. So just the fact that we're sleeping for six or seven hours together is huge. Um, yeah. So not sleeping. <laughs> I wish I could remember more of those moments because I stayed up for years and I get to sleep through mm. the night now. And I think that the point that your friend brings up is is a deeper point, maybe in everyone's life, where expectations really can throw a lot of it at least throws me sideways. Mm. My expectations or unmet expectations in life throw yeah. me sideways. And a lot of times before I'm able to even see that it's throwing me sideways. So now I'm sideways. I talked in a way I didn't want to or I was short with somebody. 
because of some expectation. I forgot that mm -hmm. I'm able to sleep now and that there's all yeah. these amazing things that have happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sideways mm -hmm. over here because of something I want. Yeah. I wasn't able to get in the time frame that I wanted it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a great point. So I appreciate you bringing it to light. I think it's, it's only human to feel like that, though, you know, accept that you feel that way. Like, I think that's the thing. It's okay to be hard on yourself. It's okay, like, as long as you don't let it destroy you, as long as you don't let it sort of fester, as long as you do keep getting up every morning and carrying on, then you're probably doing okay. Yeah, I think I let it destroy me. I think it's, I circle it so much in my head. I become mm -hmm. so obsessed with a certain way of thinking that, you know, I have to mm -hmm. meditate. I have to exercise. I have to, there's mm -hmm. like, I got to pray. I got to do all these things. Mm -hmm to sort of feel right. Cause I feel kind of wound up in my own head in my own experience. And so that it takes me that to like realize kind of get things kind of in perspective. So sounds like you're more emotionally mature than I am. Um, <laughs> but we're all working from where we are with what we have. So um, exactly, exactly. I'm working on like forgiving myself a bit more. Like if my son goes to school and I don't achieve anything but sitting still and watching television for an hour, that's okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's okay. It's okay that you don't get all the things on your to-do list done in the two hours that you've got for the morning. Like yeah. forgive yourself yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I know. I try and put less things on my list. Sometimes I just yeah, put yes. one, thing, <laughs> one thing and make it really manageable. Yeah. Is there anything that you believe to be true that most parents disagree with? I don't know about things I believe, but I really like the idea, having had the career that I had, and it was a strange sort of strange career, like one thing led to another, led to another. I didn't at school go this is what I'm going to do with my life. My career kind of just sort of progressed from one thing to the next. And I'm glad it did, but it was kind of organic. And then I ended up with this child and it makes you wonder about what was meant to be and what wasn't, if that makes sense, without getting too sort of <laughs> heavy on it. Um, destiny. Um, people say that special needs children choose special parents. I've got a friend who says that my son somehow chose me you know, somewhere. I quite like the idea that maybe, because sometimes I don't feel like I'm doing very well and sometimes I don't feel like I'm worthy of him. So I quite like the idea that maybe somebody chose me or he chose me or, you know, we yeah. we as special needs parents are more worthy than we think we are. <laughs> it's very sweet. It's very sweet. And if, that's, <laughs> and if that's the truth, it's very endearing. So I'm with you on that. Um, are there any <laughs> products or services that you use to cater to your well-being or your son's well-being that you can share with us? I think the most important resource I have found is other parents and other people because I think being a special needs parent can be incredibly isolating. All these visions you have of making friends at the school gates and like meeting other mums on play dates and stuff. It doesn't happen as a special needs parent, but I have met other special needs parents. I've connected with lots of other special needs parents on um, like social media. And it's been an absolute just godsend. Like I don't know how I would have got by without 
those other voices and those, and those other people. Like I can post on Instagram at 4 a.m., oh, we're up, we're having a bad night, and someone will reply and say, oh, me too, and that's wonderful yes. <laughs> when you're set up at 4 a.m. alone in the dark. Like, yes. So, yeah, it's not really a product and it's not really a thing, but I love it. Yeah, other parents. Yeah. <laughs> I, love it. I don't know how it's going to work out for your timing, but we're starting a support group on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific Standard. Oh, okay. It's a way to try and, you know, through the show and the people connected with the show to start to get together on a weekly basis on a virtual chat and yeah, yeah, yeah. provide support to one another. So look for an email on that or anybody listening. Um, mm. We're excited about that and hopefully we'll figure out how to get the group in as many days or times that can meet the needs of as many people possible. But it starts on Tuesday at 6.30. So okay. I don't know what the time difference is, but we do a lightning round where you give yep. kind of one word to one sentence answers to a few questions. Are you up yep. for it? All right. What's the best advice you've received? Um, see the funny. Somebody told me, when this whole process started, she said, see the funny. And I think it's really important because my son literally makes me laugh out loud every single day. He definitely does. And sometimes I sort of forget by the end of the day because I'm stressed. But if you can see the funny every day, then you, you're doing all right. I like that. It's short and memorable too. see the funny. Yeah, um, see the funny. <laughs> what online course topic would you sign up for today if it was available? I quite like the idea of creative writing. Because I'm, I'm trying to write, a, I'm trying to write a children's book at the moment. Awesome! So I'd, I'd quite like some advice. All right, we'd like to hear more about that as that unfolds. <laughs> do you have a? You've shared some, but do you have a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents? Um, there is a book called "He's Not Naughty." It's by a lady called Deborah Brownson. It's a book for children explaining autism to children. But I loved it. I found it really, really useful, the way they explain some of the ways a child with autism, like their brain works. I found it really, really useful. And I gave it to other members of my family and, and my friends to sort of explain what was going on in my son's head. And I found it really useful. So it's called He's Not Naughty. It's brilliant. Awesome. Can't wait to check it out. Oh, here's going to be a tough one. What's next on your list that you want to add for your own individual well-being? I really, really want to finish a project this year. I'm a person that has a lot of projects on, like I'm going to do a graphic novel, I'm going to write a novel, I'm going to do a course, I'm going to teach, I'm going to do all these things. So I'm determined to finish one of them this year. And it's probably, as I it's probably going to be the children's book. That's what I'm focusing on at the moment. Awesome. What's one thing you think would improve your life if you did it or had it? A fence around my front garden would be useful because then, then the cat wouldn't come in. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, <laughs> next, my next, my next door's cat is always coming in. <laughs> really? Uh, all right. Well, we'll we'll put that out there. I'll be in intention with you on your fence. You have a favorite product you use for yourself or your child that you just love and couldn't live without. We have lots of lovely, like sensory products. Um, he has these like hexagonal lights on his wall that are brilliant. He loves those. Um, they're like touch lights. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably recommend those to anyone on Amazon. They're just like hexagonal wall touch lights. Yeah. He loves them. Well, my son would love that. I'm going to, I'm on it. Thank you for that. I'll take that one personally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're great. They are, they are cool. 
I've really enjoyed our conversation. I appreciate you sharing your journey from what we've talked about or just anything that's on your heart. What do you say to the parents in Naked Parent Nation? Take it one day at a time. Don't beat yourself up too much. Don't sweat the small stuff. Take it a little piece at a time. Don't worry about what's before you. Don't worry about what's after you. Just concentrate on the bit now and do your best and you're probably doing all right. I love it. In the naked present moment. (laughs) Claire, thanks again. I wish you the wonderful rest of your day and I hope we connect soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one. (laughs) This concludes our show for today. And I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes And we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long.